As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an Unspoiled Network podcast. This is Unspoiled, covering the Dresden Files, Book 12, Changes, Chapters 1, 2, and 3. In these chapters, Harry finds out he has a child he was not aware of. He talks to Susan about it. And Martin is also here. <laughs> Welcome to Unspoiled. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am Natasha. I'm Rashawn. Everyone, uh, forgive us if we seem a little bit weird this episode, or at least for the first 10 minutes, because we started and then had to start over. So uh, we didn't get too far <laughs> before we started over. It wasn't terrible. It could have been worse. But, you know, sometimes it's weird because then we'll be like, did we say that one on this right. one? Or? Right. <laughs> um <laughs> so, delivery might not be as enthusiastic because it's the second time we're saying it right exactly even though i will say a very funny joke Rashawn may not explode into laughter the way you would expect her to because of how funny i am um so in these you had i read you the first like section of chapter one Mm -hmm. And you had said that you really wanted Harry to be real mad at Susan. And you yes. I think you said he better be pissed as hell. Something yeah. like that. Was he angry Bitch. enough for you? He was. I'm sorry, I got distracted because I just got a pop-up box that's telling me that GarageBand quit unexpectedly. And I'm just like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> 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 like... <laughs> How are you telling me this like five minutes later? After Garage Band, you've been a no-show for two weeks. We It was not unexpected, <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> You're not on well the payroll done. anymore. We are aware. I'm just going to say okay and make this go away. Okay. Anyway, you guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I needed Harry to be livid mm -hmm. because this type of betrayal is like this is like soap opera shit mm -hmm. like you know i left and never told you i had a kid and now she's like seven and oh she's been kidnapped and i need your help yeah. um and i love uh it's funny because the first time around we just like went right into his reaction to the news and everything with her in the apartment mm -hmm. but there's actually 
hours before he sees her. You know, mm-hmm. there's like 12 hours between the phone call where she drops the bomb and when she actually shows up with Martin at his front door. And I thought that this was done really well. Like it feels, it feels right. It feels like this is how Harry would react to this news. Okay. And how, um, how do you mean? Like, uh, when he's when he when they were on the phone, you know, she calls him out of the blue. He hasn't talked to her in forever. She drops this fucking bombshell on him, and then she like hangs up, mm-hmm. and she's like, "I'll be there in twelve hours," and he doesn't have anything to do except sit here with this news, mm-hmm. and he is uh, so distressed that he can't even think straight. And the first thing he does is go to Max to get a drink, which I was like, yes, that is what you do. <laughs> yeah, after something like and, this. Yeah. And he goes and he um, ends up not even getting a beer because he's like, I need something stronger. And he has this great interaction with Mac, who never says more than like two words at a time. Mm-hmm. And he actually like, has whole sentences it's a like legit conversation that he gets to have with mac which we've never seen before i don't think i don't think so actually you're right Even, at one point at the beginning before they really like he tells because at first he doesn't say anything about what's going on in his personal life you know he just comes in i want a drink mm-hmm. um and he starts to feel harry starts to feel like i i have to tell somebody you know mm-hmm. and the idea of like confessing or unloading to your bartender is like, you know, oldest time. Right. Um, but it it's a thing for a reason. And I really liked seeing Harry and Mac have that kind of relationship. Because when you go to a bar a lot of the time, you do strike up a relationship with your bartender. And it's usually like civil and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, like really like casual but a lot of shit has happened in Max Bar over the years. That's true. You know? And I've kind of didn't realize I was waiting for them to have this kind of moment. I didn't even realize I was want- wanting that to happen. But it turned out I did. I can see, like, he, Mac is the kind, because he is so, he's so withholding, really. Mm-hmm. You crave getting to see him open up. Yeah. It's like uh, Garnet on Steven Universe when she's like enthusiastic about something out of nowhere when she's usually so stoic and Mm -hmm, has no mm -hmm. expression. Yeah. So um, he Harry tells him, you know, you remember that girl I was banging a couple of years ago? (laughs) Welp, (laughs) got a kid. Guess what? And uh the way Mac handles this information and what he counsels Harry with, he's like, you know, you're entering like the Badlands, like what, what you're about to feel, what you're feeling now, it's going to be like, unlike anything you've ever had to deal with before. So be ready. (laughs) What do you think Uh, of that? I think it's like, This is so cliched, and I hate myself for even saying it, but finding out you're a parent, that's just a whole other thing. It's a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. It is so, for me personally, it is such an alien concept. I cannot wrap my brain around it. So to find out that you're a parent of a child that, exist already you know there's not not waiting to be born this kid's already born Mm -hmm. and has been around for several years i i can't even imagine what that must feel like um and from what i hear from people who have children (laughs) there is almost literally nothing you wouldn't do for them Mm -hmm. and harry has access to a lot of power and having a kid is going to 
give him access to feelings and emotions that he probably has never tapped into before. Mm. Like we we think we've seen some shit because Harry loves Thomas and how far Harry's willing to go to save Thomas. Mm-hmm. Like we just saw in the last book, right? Mm-hmm. Where he has to make the decision to like go help out on the shore or like go up to the tower mm-hmm. and he chooses Thomas. Imagine Harry having to make a decision about saving the big picture or saving his kid. He's going to go save his kid. Like That's every your time. Assessment. Okay, gotcha. So I think that's what Mac is saying. Like, you are about to experience a level of emotion and willingness to sacrifice or or murder or whatever that you haven't even come close to touching before. I think that's what he means when he says you're entering the Badlands. Mm. He says this like he knows, which is interesting. Well, you know what? He, there's a line, it's before Max starts talking a lot, because at the beginning of the conversation, he's mostly like just grunting in reply. Indeed. But, but there's a moment where he's, Harry says something and like Matt blinks and Harry's like, he's practically yelling at me. Yeah. His eyebrows <laughs> rose. You had to know the guy who was basically screaming. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, I've been waiting for more of a Mac backstory, and I don't know if we get it in this book. I hope we get it at some point. But but to your point about he does sound like he's speaking from experience. And uh, I'd like to know what experience he's talking about. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll find out. Or <laughs> not. As the case may be. <laughs> um, also, I really like in this section that, like, Harry also thinks about how Susan took herself away to figure out what she, he reminds us of the situation in which she left. Mm-hmm. And he says, I told myself she had a good reason to do so, but reason and heartbreak don't speak the same language. I'd never really forgiven myself for what had happened to her. I guess reason and guilt don't speak the same language either. Yeah, that's a really good line. Yeah. I just really like that reminder that, like, there, it, it, it's not like that any of the feelings that he has mitigates how he feels about what she's done here. But right. it just reminds you how fucking complicated and messy everything with her is. Yeah. And um, I know I've said before, like, in the various Facebook groups, which I have not been frequenting lately, um, that people have really disliked Susan. And this incident is really a lot of people's, like, breaking point where they were like, I didn't really have feelings about her one way or another. I didn't like her that much, but I didn't dislike her. But once I found out she had pulled this, that was it. I was fucking yeah. done with her. Um, so your feelings on this being kind of an unforgivable thing, which I think you said in the original recording, and we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. It, the, and the thing, too, about this, right, is I because. All right. So when so jumping ahead, when she when Susan arrives in town with Martin and she's talking to Harry and she's trying to explain her position, like why she did what she did. Mm-hmm. She is talking about how her life as it is, is is no life for a child. That Susan's life is just either chasing down vampires or running from vampires that are chasing her, you right, know, and it's right. no way to live. There's, you know, they're never in the same place for more than a day or two. Having a child exposes her you know, the kid would be bait or leverage or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she is trying to say to Harry, and you weren't really an option either because look at your life. Mm -hmm. This is no life for a kid either. Right. And that is fair as a conversation before the decision is made Mm -hmm. of what we're going to do about this kid, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. 
that is a point you bring up in the conversation. So then you give Harry a chance to counter that. Right. You know, maybe having a kid is so important that Harry decides the other stuff he does isn't as important. You know, being mm-hmm. a warden, being a wizard, being a PI, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he walks away from all of that. I don't think he can or he would, but she never gave Susan never gave Harry the choice. Right. Um, and that to me is what is kind of unforgivable. I understand her motivation, but you have to give people an opportunity to make the decision, you know, to have some say in it. Mm-hmm. And she completely took that from him. Yeah. Um, you said in the recording that we lost that, you know, maybe Harry has just a different life. Maybe he chooses fatherhood over everything else. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, because she throws it in his face about, like, zombies breaking down his door and all of Mm -hmm. that. And I'm just like, you don't, that may not even happen if he's given the option to raise a kid. Like, he might not even live in this building anymore. Who knows what Exactly, exactly. But the thing about that is it makes me wonder if Harry chooses fatherhood, say, and he goes and gets a more, you know, reasonable place to live. And he's not worried about zombies and werewolves and et cetera. What happens to all the stories that we've we've been following? Mm. You know, do all those people die? Um, you know, all the, the things that Harry has done to kind of prevent uh, low-key several versions of the apocalypse. Right. <laughs> Calamities. You know, with, you know calamities. <laughs> Whether they be fairy-inspired or... What was it? The Earl King? Right, yes. You know, with his deal, like, Harry has stopped several attempts to ending humanity as we know it. So if he is out out of the game, did that shit just happen? Mm, <laughs> you know? Interesting or, question. Or does somebody else step up and, and fill the void that he leaves behind by not being actively involved in all this shit? Yeah, I don't know. We need, like, It's a Wonderful Life, but Harry choosing fatherhood. Kinda. You know, we need, like, an angel to come show him around. And uh, He walks know. through downtown Chicago, and it's being run by the white court, like, entirely. Oh, my God. I could see them. Or the red court, I guess, because, like, they're sort of engaged with the uh, the wizards. But he's been, like, pretty helpful with that. Well, maybe not. Yeah. I don't know how helpful he's really been. But I'm just feeling like they would gain more ground than they have i mean without harry dresden in the role that we know him to take who was riding down the streets on a dinosaur (laughs) you know who else is doing that cowl (laughs) fucking cowl (laughs) he doesn't have the imagination for that that's i don't think he does but um so when we get the reunion with Susan and Harry is justifiably and righteously angry, and I was here for every second of it, mm-hmm. um, there's a moment where they connect and it feels like, you know, are they going to fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening right now? And I got so disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> I was not here for it even a little bit. Um, and thank God, Harry you know, manages to get himself under control and says to her, straight up, this is done. We don't, this is me and you can't ever be a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because I can't forgive you for what for what you did, what you took from me. And that's harsh, but I think it was fair. <laughs> Indeed, harsh, but fair. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, it's interesting how interrelated for Harry Dresden his emotions are with who he's interested in sleeping with. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, he just cannot do casual sex. He cannot do no. hooking up and, and keeping his feelings separate. They are nope. very, very nope. much linked. How about when she tells him and he's like, basically, are you sure it's mine? He didn't say those words, but that's what the fuck he meant. Mm-hmm. And Not she tells him she has never fucked anybody else. Yeah. Since then. Mm-hmm. I mean... In some period before him, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't love that. I mean, I guess it's a reasonable question. 
But I always get like a little stomach turn whenever I hear that. Are you sure it's mine? How can you be sure? Right. Might I get mine. that though. Yeah, it's just gross. <laughs> he even says like, to Mac, I, like she could be lying. Yes, but he then does. he immediately kind of follows it up with, yeah, I don't think she's lying though. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know like how, what TV shows guys are watching where you think that like, we want to trap you with a kid that's not yours for your little fucking $12 an hour job. <laughs> you know, you know, like, I mean, Harry has a lot of power, you know, magic, but otherwise, what the fuck does she need to lie about him being a daddy for? The only thing I could see is that if it, if the kid belongs to a guy who has no power and she thinks Harry's the one that can get her kid back. Well, you know what? That's actually a really good point because when they are talking towards the end before it looked like they were going to have sex or either right after, she, when he says that he's going to help her, and she, he's basically like, we're going to fucking go get our kid and I'll murder anybody who gets in the fucking way. Mm-hmm. She is so relieved. And she yeah. says something like, uh, no one else would help. Everyone else was too afraid mm-hmm. to stand up to them or something like that. Um, and that part, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, nobody, nobody else wanted to help you. And Harry is like fucking ride or die. Like he's in it to win it immediately. Mm-hmm. And that made me be like, uh, is, is it, is it his kid? <laughs> or is she just trying to enlist him in the saving of this child for whatever reasons? But I think that's a really, um, a small percentage. I, I, at this point, I think it's his kid. I think she's telling the truth. Okay. I really do love, as she's explaining to him once she, why she made the decision she did. He says, you did what you needed to do to keep her safe. And then, how's that working out? Oh, my God. He's cold-blooded. It's ice cold. He's so mad. Yeah, yeah, he's real mad. <laughs> real, real mad. Oh, meanwhile, Martin's literally sitting on the stairs outside because Harry That's slammed it. the door in his face. When she says, "Are you really going to leave him outside like that?" and he is like, "I am." <laughs> it's like he's practically like, "I don't even know why you brought him." Listen, <laughs> every time he talks about. Bland. He dressed blandly. He drives blandly. <laughs> he is so salty about this guy. Ah, uh, there's a great moment with them as they're heading towards the building in the next chapter, though. But uh, but yeah, this this uh moment where Harry looks at him dead in his face and then shuts and then locks the door extra loud. <laughs> Just to be obnoxious. When Harry Dresden's like, I'm doing a thing to be obnoxious. You know that shit is obnoxious. Oh, it's <laughs> yeah. He uh, he really meant that shit. Uh, so, all right. Um, do, do, do. Uh, she says, thank you, Harry. Um, I wasn't I was going to say something to stiff arm arm her and keep the distance, but the warmth of her hand in mine was suddenly something I couldn't ignore. I was furious with Susan, furious with an intensity you can feel only when someone you care deeply about hurts you. But the correlation of that was unavoidable. I still cared or I wouldn't be angry. Um, And I like I don't know about that. You like that? I do like that. I feel like when you care about a person. It hurts much, much more that they have done a thing that you would never think of them, you know? Yes. Than somebody I agree with that, that you have basically moved past. Like I agree. I think the only reason I have trouble with that is that this particular situation, like if she was with another man and he said, I'm so angry. But it must mean I still care because otherwise I wouldn't be so angry. Hmm. That makes sense for me. But she's talking about having a, had a kid that she kept from him. So I feel like being that angry is separate from whatever feelings he may have had for her. Hmm. You know, relationship wise. I feel that. I guess it's just like the added betrayal of just being like, I really would have thought 
Right. You'd have handled this better because you know me or I thought I knew you, you know. Right. I think there's a lot of that that sort of I thought I knew you and never would have thought you were capable of this type of, uh, I don't know, deceit, betrayal, whatever. Yeah. Um, and you know what else I thought was really weird because I tend to not have to think of it in that context how much time has passed as we've been reading these books yeah because the books themselves tend to only cover like a couple days yeah maybe a week you know Mm -hmm. uh so as I'm reading them it feels like each book is about a week and I've read like you know however many books I've read right but it's been like six years (laughs) yeah when he's talking to Mac at some point and he says something like uh, the better part of a decade, I was like, how? Yeah. Because he's talking about how she hasn't changed, you know, how she mm-hmm. looks exactly the same. And I couldn't believe it. He was talking about it's been almost 10 years. Yeah. He estimates that Maggie, which is she named their daughter after his mother. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, she, he estimates that Maggie might be like around six years old. Mm-hmm. Um. I, uh, and like they fucked in a book, what, the fifth book? I'm trying to remember. It was like a, we were a while into the series by the time they had their kinky bondage sex. Yeah, it's been, um, what book was that? It's been. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, oh, and I meant to tell you that, um, I don't remember if I told you when it came up. But Jim Butcher was challenged by somebody in a bet to include a bondage sex scene and make it like an actual plot point that was important. And what? Yeah, it was like a part of like this bet. So which apparently he does like sort of often. There's like a whole book series that he's just based on a bet that he made with somebody. Um, But he that is one of those things that he included it the bondage sex scene between the two of them and it feels like all right well they just had a sex scene and it was a release and that's that and you don't know for so long how actually important that scene was Mm. you know it doesn't pay off for half the series practically (laughs) so uh you know i admire the long game that he is playing (laughs) evidently That is some patience he has that I do not have. (laughs) So, Um, okay. Martin and Harry in the car. Martin. That name is so perfect. (laughs) Nothing against Martins out there, but you know. (laughs) You know as well as we do. Um, He says, I hope there are no hard feelings. And... Harry's like, oh, you mean about how you used me to try and assassinate an enemy of yours? Right. Mm-hmm. And Harry, like, he has apparently put this together a while ago, but he has right. not had the time to talk about Martin, talk about it to Martin. Right. So uh, yeah. Martin was sort of under the impression that maybe Harry hadn't figured out exactly what yeah. the fuck he was doing there. Yeah, he looks all surprised, and and Suda's like, "Look, I told you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I told you. Given some time, he would figure it out." And he only looks I, stupid. <laughs> I love that uh, Harry is like, um, "Yeah, I recognize what you were, what game you were playing, and how you used me." Um, I also realized that you you saved my life, though. You know, mm-hmm. if you hadn't shot Ortega, then he definitely would have killed me. So I appreciate, no, he doesn't say I appreciate it. I'm cognizant that I right. owe you my life, but like, don't think we're pals. Yeah. And Martin is like, listen, I'd have shot you in the head if that would have worked out for me. Yep. <laughs> and yep. he's like, Martin is like, I'm glad we cleared the air. Is there anything else you want to tell Oh my God. <laughs> he is just so like, uh, the, and, and he gets angry for the first time that Harry has ever heard him mm-hmm. like she, this, the passion that he has when he talks about this is the only passion Harry has ever yeah. seen from him right he says something Martin says something 
and this when he's talking to Harry too, he's talking about and this is the, how fucking familiar is this? He's talking about the White Council because the whole the whole thing was with the Red Court was needing the the White Council to be at war with the Red Court because that served the um, purposes of the Fellowship that Susan runs with, right? right? So. He's talking to Harry about the White Council and how they don't care about the damage the Red Court is doing in these other countries to these poor people that don't matter to them, Mm -hmm. right? And I was just like, go ahead, Martin, tell him. You know? Tell him. (laughs) You know, basically, he's like, y'all don't give a fuck about these poor brown people that are being ravaged, Mm -hmm. you know? So you're goddamn right. I'm going to try to manipulate to use your resources to aid us in our fucking endeavors. Yeah. Because y'all are trash. And I said, you know what, Martin? You are not lying. I, it's ironic that you, the Mustang of the White Council, would immediately mm-hmm. cling to its self-righteous position of moral authority. Mm-hmm. And Harry tries to be, excuse me? But Martin is out <laughs> here fucking preaching mm-hmm. and i love that harry doesn't have a goddamn word to say to him about it nope. at the end of he has to make a joke about how martin looks gay now yeah because of yeah. his hair to which i'm like weak harry sauce. really are you doing this weak weak Gross. and then martin is like well as a matter of fact <laughs> right i was i'm looking like this on purpose because i had a fucking job to do now what (laughs) oh it's so satisfying honestly yeah it's pretty fucking good (laughs) i have literally killed people i liked better than you oh my god like i don't necessarily want to murder people but i would like to be able to say out loud that i've killed people i like more than you (laughs) right it is a pretty arresting phrase Mm-hmm. To be able to say with any yeah. sort of like sincerity and truth right, behind it. Right, right. And like, I'll never be able to say that probably, but I, you know. <laughs> she says probably. Yeah, probably. I don't, you know. <laughs> Parentheses. Well, you know. I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> box myself in. <laughs> I don't want to limit my own potential. You know, I want to have options. I want to be the best. inside me? I want to be the best me I can be. <laughs> and that me might need to murder a couple of people. <laughs> Uh, has Rashawn got a choke a bitch <laughs> uh, so okay they go to the building that uh <laughs> I did not think that was going to land okay uh, I'm sorry uh, uh, that was pretty good <laughs> so what they're doing is going to a red outpost a red Red Court Outpost to try and get some information on where they could have taken. Oh my the god! Kid. How annoyed is Harry with the way I Martin's love this driving. so much, guys? I was cracking up. He was like, he even drives blandly, which like that's not even a thing. <laughs> oh, he follows the law, Harry, right? God damn it. He's like going five miles below the speed limit and coming to a full goddamn stop in the red light. The nerve. I do like, though, if you picture Harry being super impatient because he just found out about this all and itching to get going. And then mm-hmm. Martin's insisting on coming to a complete oh stop God. at a stop sign and Harry's ready to pull his fucking hair you, out. That's I actually was, that's, very amusing. It's like infuriating, right? Like if you're in a passenger seat, you want to just strangle Martin. Uh, uh, and Harry is so mad when they get to the building. One, it's his fucking building, which we will talk about that in a second. <laughs> but he can't go in. Yeah, and he is like, he's so mad. It, it, and they're like, we're working with computer shit, and he cannot say a word. Nope. He's like, well, I guess I will stay at the car. <laughs> <laughs> I will, but not because you told me. Exactly, dude. All right. It's- <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you, but sure. Petulant Harry is like one of my favorite Harrys. When he is put in a position that he really does not like, but he has to acknowledge that he has to acknowledge his own limitations. Mm -hmm. Those moments I love the most because he 
is so annoyed by his own shortcomings, you know, and there's nothing he can do about it. That's just how that shit works, you know, like if he could figure out a way not to have the impact on electronics and technology that wizards have, he would absolutely do that shit. But there's just nothing to be done about it. <laughs> and you know what? Here, it's even more than just his limitations. It's also his intelligence. They know that the Reds are running this building and he's paying rent to them. And oh he does Oh my doesn't. God. That reveal. I was offended. <laughs> Increased rent, Martin said with the faintest right? emphasis. <laughs> Which is just like, like you're, you're sticking it to him. Yep. <laughs> Because they're like, remember, you know, a couple of years ago, new owners came in and your rent went up. Yeah, well, that was my court. <laughs> and it's just, this is a great moment. It's weird to me that Harry doesn't know this. But I will allow it because so much other shit has been going on. Yeah. And there's no real reason for him to investigate who owns his fucking office building. No. You know? And I mean, like, we haven't seen him in his office in fucking books now, it's I feel been like. forever. I forgot he still had that shit. And mm-hmm. that he's this attached and like, you know, because there's a, a repeating kind of, this is my building, you know, mm-hmm. like feeling really like... How dare they come on my turf and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, bitch, you haven't been there in a minute. I, does your key still work? Are you still paying rent there? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I imagine, like, he goes to press the code to get in the building and that shit's changed and he doesn't know uh, the new one. Oh, <laughs> man, I would fucking love that, though. Cause that, and for all we know, that happens because he, like, the, this, this chapter ends with him following them inside but we don't see mm-hmm. him actually get inside so like, right maybe. like what if, who knows what if he can't get in the building <laughs> <laughs> his pass key doesn't work anymore uh, i would love it if she knows like that she's charging him extra and she also does little petty shit like that like Listen. if he needs a key card to get in she just Guys, changes the key cards every now and then just to fuck with him let me tell you how i have this deep-seated kind of running anxiety that I'm going to go to work and use my key card and it won't work. And it's because I've been fired. Uh. <laughs> so every time I go to like at, at the old job, I had a, a fob. It wasn't like a, a key card, but it was the same kind of deal. Like you wave it in the sensor and the door unlocks. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, at this job, I have an actual little card and you wave it at turnstile and it opens. Every time there's an error and the, it doesn't open. You're like, I lost my job. Basically. That's healthy. That's a good way to live. (laughs) Like, I would rather just turn around and go home than fight my card again to see if it works for the second time. (laughs) It's the worst feeling. Oh, my God. And and for the record, I don't think they do that, you know? No, they need you to come in so that they can do it in person. Exactly. That's how you get fired. It's in person. They wouldn't just take my card away from me. But the anxiety is still there. What can I tell you? Um... Oh, and I forgot to mention that the specific person that has taken the kid, they think, and Mm, who uh, is charging him rent is Duchess Ariana Ortega, Duke Ortega's widow, who tried to purchase Harry when he got kidnapped by the uh, phobophage, who was trying to sell him on eBay, as he says. I love that he, like, throws that line out. And there's just, like, not even time for the backstory. Yep. Susan's like, how did... Nope, never mind. You know what? No. Never mind. Not now. Yep, she, she doesn't even... <laughs> um, yeah, so this... And one of the things Susan says when they're at his apartment, they're talking about, like, potential strategies, is that maybe diplomacy will work because if they go to... I think she says the the Red King. He doesn't like uh, Ariana's got like a a grudge because of what happened to Ortega. Mm-hmm. So Susan's like, if we go over her head and maybe bribe the Red King, he doesn't give a fuck about her petty little whatevers, right? You know. Um. And 
the other what was the other one? There was Bribe the Red King, and then there was another uh, potential thing she oh, said. That I do work. not remember. I'm trying to find because when does she say that? While they're still at his house, or when they're I in think the car? That, I think they're still at the apartment when that comes up. Because he's asking her like how to move forward, and she says uh, that she's. I'm pretty sure she says two things. I mean, yeah. I'm going back to them being in the apartment here. Um, did you? Oh, there were times when it was bad. I forgot that he says that to Mac. He, we didn't really talk about that. Harry's like history being in foster care. Yeah, we sing this a lot. We, yeah, we should definitely talk about that. Um, we will get to that once we find this little this thing. Um, let's see. I didn't know what I was going to do. There was no one willing to stand up to him. There was no one. Uh, Susan, we're done. I don't see where she says. I feel like they might have been in the car. Oh, here it is. All right, here it no, is. Yeah. Oh. No, you go okay, ahead. You go. No, you go. You go. Um, let's see. Diplomacy. I heard stories about you. Half of them probably aren't true, but I know you've got some markers you could call in. If enough of the Accord members raise a voice, we might get her back without incident. That's what it was. Right. Okay. Just sort of hoping that Harry has influence enough. Right. Which, uh, yeah, I feel like we all know that's just probably yeah, I, how that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and then her, like her second suggestion was the bribe thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's interesting that she's been like, you know, his reputation is getting out there mm-hmm. and they don't go into detail with these markers that he could call in are, but clearly word has getting around. Mm hmm. About, you know, the shenanigans that Harry Dresden has found himself in, which I think is really interesting. Um, Because I tend to think of our story with him being really localized to Chicago and and eh, the White Council. You know, I don't I tend to not bother even thinking about just what the word is on these supernatural streets about Harry Dresden. (laughs) And also like, because some of the things he's been through and he's done are so fantastical that like, there's gotta be a lot of stories that are embellished or that get like the details wrong, you know, or so I'm, Kind or stories that you think are embellished because if somebody told you oh he totally wrote a dinosaur down like the fucking downtown right you'd be right. like yeah okay buddy sure it, exactly you know <laughs> so like i'm i'm kind of curious is what what do people think about him like what what are these stories that have got now and that, like how accurate are they and um i just i just love that little detail that like all these exploits you know are getting around yeah. Yeah, he has a reputation, apparently. Mm. Um, so they go, oh, I forgot about how he says, I'm just standing here like Clifford the Big Red Dog, too big oh and God. dumb to go inside with Emily Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I did too. I was always a big fan of that show too. I never saw it. Oh, I was like way too old for it, but it was super calming and comforting. Aww. And I would just, I would just leave it on. Like if it was on, you know, there was just something, you know, it was like all the problems would get solved and everybody would work together. Mm-hmm. And this big giant dopey dog <laughs> it was just like, is very, very comforting. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about Harry's history. Yeah. As an orphan, which he's when he's talking to Mac. Um, and he talks to him about how much time he spent wishing and praying for someone to come and save him. Yeah. And the thought of him having a daughter who's out in the world who might be feeling that is like almost too much to bear. Mm hmm. But he also talks about how when someone finally did come for him, they turned out to be a complete fucking monster. Yeah. And again, he starts to think, like, what if his kid ended up with someone like that? Mm. And that's too much to bear. It's a lot. 
You know what? I don't know why people have kids. I know y'all are <laughs> out there doing it. And I, I'm so glad that y'all are doing it. God bless you. God bless you and your family. But good Lord, I I have trouble imagining. I There's this really kind of like cliche thing that people say about having children. That it is like wearing your heart outside of your body. Mm-hmm. And I cannot imagine, you no. know, like the best I can do is think about how I love my husband. And I understand that what you feel for your children is like a million times more intense. That. Yeah. I I can't imagine. How do you. I would never let my kid leave the house. This is the, like I was just recording on the Old Kingdom series, and there is uh, a character who makes some real, real bad choices, and it leads them down a pretty dark path. <laughs> and you have to just sit and watch it happen, and you like kind of know it's coming. And I mentioned in the recording how I don't understand like. Having the fortitude is the word that comes to mind Mm -hmm. to allow your kid to fuck up and just let them because, you know, they kind of have to do it. Right. Right. And there are plenty of people who don't like want to let their kid and they step in. But those kids do not do as well. It's true. You have like your kids. If you keep shielding them, it will feel like you are doing your job in the moment. And then they will get out there where nobody is doing that for them. And they will think that it will happen just by itself because they don't Mm -hmm. appreciate because they can't because they're kids. They do not appreciate that it's always worked out because you have made it always work out. Right. So, you know, you look back now at decisions that you made when you were in your 20s, in your teens, and you are just like, my God, I was just so clueless. But if anybody tried to tell you anything... Oh, you you're not hearing it. You don't need to get advice from fucking anyone. Right. And it's so impossible at that age to understand that your situation is not fucking unique. Mm-hmm. What you are going through is not almost ever something that people haven't also gone through. Right. But that's, that's they have self- to just let you do it because yeah. you'll never know how wrong you are until you right. fuck it up. Right. I mean, I like I talk a lot of shit about having kids and how I had no desire to have kids and that's all true but my respect for people who do have kids Mm -hmm. and who are trying to like do the right thing by their children is is so vast because it just to me seems like an impossible job you know yeah like to I don't know how you walk around with like someone that you love so much being out in the world being vulnerable Mm -hmm. to all the 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 things that happen in the world you know like it just it blows it blows my mind that people are capable of that yeah you know I'm going to bring into the world this little person that I will love unlike I've loved anyone ever. And I'm just going to like set them free in the world. And let them go fucking. Yeah. I'm going to try to equip them as best I can and then just sit on my hands because that's really. That's what you, that's the deal. That's the job. Like, I joke all the time about, like, if I had a kid, they would, you know, they'd be homeschooled. They'd have no friends. You know, I would wrap them in bubble wrap, probably. <laughs> That's, like, um, frequently I talk about that as well, because I'm just such a control freak anyway. That my, if I ever had a kid, that poor thing. That kid uh, is not living any kind of life. Nobody wants that. You know, so I just, and and I love that moment, too, when Harry is, because one of the things that keeps happening throughout these three chapters, especially the first two, is he keeps having this feeling well up in him that he has not felt before. You know, even mm-hmm. he is like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like this level of rage that he has and his anger. And he hasn't even met this fucking kid yet. Yeah. You know, he doesn't. All he knows is it's like a concept. 
Mm-hmm. You know, someone has told him that he has a kid that he's never met, he's never seen. He doesn't know for sure it's even his. Just the idea of this kid existing has created this emotional response in him mm-hmm. that is unlike anything he has ever felt. That is stunning to me. And people are just out here doing it on purpose. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it blows my mind. Yeah, same. God bless y'all. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all have fun with that. I'll be over here getting stoned and drinking cocktails. Mm -hmm. Good night. And complaining about my cats. (laughs) (laughs) This cat is going to be the death of me. (laughs) Um, So Harry is standing outside the building. And he is muttering to himself about not oh being he is a so mad. He part is so of things. Mad. He's so mad. <laughs> He's like straight up sulking. <sighs> I love that the there's like this sort of ongoing what's the word I want? Argument is too strong. What is it you call it when couples like fight? Bicker. Bicker? There's this bickering going on with Susan and Martin. Yeah, where yeah, he's like, like mad couple. that they left as quickly as they did, and she yeah. keeps saying they didn't have enough time, and it's obvious yeah. they've like talked about this a bunch already. Right, right. And she's tired he's, of it. He's definitely harping on something that is mm-hmm. done and cannot be changed, and he keeps putting in these digs about how if someone is there to get them or fight them, or if, I think she tells Harry they'll be out in twenty, and Martin is like, unless we're not. Because mm-hmm. we left so sloppily that, you know, they all know we're here and they're going to murder us. <laughs> and she's just like, you can, you can fucking hear her eyes roll yeah. from the page. Um, we'll be back out in 20 minutes or less, or we won't, in which case we'll know our sloppy exit technique. Mm-hmm. Exit technique caught up <laughs> to us. God, that was really hard to say. Yeah. yeah, it's not one of my favorite words. Exit technique. <laughs> um... And Harry's talking to himself and he admits that he is doing that because he is Hello? flipped out and is trying not to think about his little girl cowering surrounded by fucking vampires. Um, and it says, when the local red court badass, the late Bianca, had stolen Susan away and begun her transformation, it hadn't been the vampire's intention to take my girlfriend away from me. Or it had been. Sorry. Mm-hmm. One way or another, she had succeeded. Now she was somewhere between Emma Peel and the She-Hulk. And we had loved each other once and a child had been born because of it. And and Susan had lied too. And then he stops and is like, oh, I can't keep doing this. Right, right. Yeah, right. He's like talking to himself and muttering outside. And he's like, you know why I'm talking to myself? (laughs) Because I I can't be alone. (laughs) I cannot be alone with my thoughts. (laughs) So... All of a sudden, he gets this feeling and immediately crouches and he throws up a veil. Yeah, a little detail about this. I I like that. I appreciate this a lot. Um, They've been hinting toward it, right? Mm -hmm. That He's been working with Molly and he's had to step his game up because she's so good. Right. Um, And now we have a Harry that can throw up a veil on the spot, which we didn't have that before. (laughs) So yeah. I like I like that whenever there is a a development and evolution of of Harry's power and how his magic works and what he's capable of doing, mm-hmm. I always enjoy that one because it's like you know like a level up. That's always cool. Right. But but one of the cool things Butcher does is that he, it really feels like Harry earns those levels up. Agreed. Yeah. Definitely. So, so, so you don't, so he throws this veil up and as a reader, you're not like, oh, get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? He can do that now. Like it makes sense. Yeah, he can do it now. Yeah. I, I feel like that can be a thing where uh, an author will be like, they just happened to be practicing such and such that day. And he, but when you're teaching somebody a bunch of stuff and they tend to be particularly good at illusions. Mm-hmm. That will be something that you focus on. And yes. he wants yes. to be able to teach it because he can do it. Just it all really works. And yep. Yep. you're right. Agreed. It feels very earned. Um, 
So he crouches down under his veil and he sees half a dozen figures and immediately can tell that they are not human. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that this? they are like running. Uh, I didn't care for this description. Right? Didn't like it. I didn't care for it. And 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 then he doubles down on the creepiness because after he's described all the different ways they're moving, which is unsettling. What some of them are just like scaling the building, you know, straight up the side. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like are moving very gracefully, like cats. Some are kind of arachnid. He says, yeah. And then he calls them like roaches, and I was like, no, no good. No good. <laughs> he th- he uses the word scuttling. Oh, I hate it. I hate that fucking word. I do too. Nothing Ugh. nothing that scuttles is good ever. Agreed. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, I wa- as I watched them vanish into the building, my freaking building, like yeah. cockroaches, somehow finding a way to wriggle into places they shouldn't be. Mm. The anger rose up from my chest into my eyes. And the reflections of streetlights in the window glass tinted red. Mm-hmm. I let the vampires <clears throat> enter the building and then gathered up my fury and pain, honing them like immaterial blades and went in after them. Yeah. And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah, I want to say real quick, too. I like the, the detail about the veil, because once Harry's under it, it kind of obscures his vision a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really neat little detail that uh, um, because it makes sense, right? Like, yeah, that would fuck up how you can see, you know, what you can see. <laughs> it reminds me of the effect of the camera when in the Harry Potter movies, when he has the um, the invisibility cloak on. I don't know how much you remember, but sound is a little bit different right. from underneath it and yes. you can see like a waveriness from the mm-hmm. fabric and stuff yep yep yeah and those are the kind of details that like some authors might not think to include mm-hmm. but i think it really does lend itself to uh like how believable it is you know agreed yeah um so yeah i appreciate that i don't know like this the last two sentences sounds like he's about to blow this whole fucking building up, but that can't be right because Susan's still in there. That seems like a like a rash decision. So I don't we know. We know exactly. Harry never has those. <laughs> Harry I never lets his emotions get right? the better of him. <laughs> so I, I'm not I mean, I can't believe for a second that he's just gonna like take the whole fucking thing down. So I don't know what this is getting ready to look like. He's gonna go in and I guess save, well, maybe not save, because Martin and Susan are not slouches, you know. Mm-hmm. They've been fighting Red Court vampires all these years. So I would guess we're going to get a pretty cool action sequence out of this. Mm-hmm. I also have to say, because these vampires were, like, waiting for them to show up. They knew they were coming. Yeah. Uh, I guess Martin was right, and I feel like he's going to be very smug about it. I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> Ugh, true. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I, I mean, he's just going to go in and start, like, setting shit on fire, I guess. Uh, which should be kind of cool to see. Oh, boy. Guys, I am so excited. I can't even tell you. <laughs> All right. Um, I feel like we pretty much covered everything. Is there anything else you want to? No, I think we covered everything, too. It was like kind of like, you know, all over the place. But I think we got it all in, so... Um, guys, we are at 91% on the fundraiser for Rashad and I to cover Song of Ice and Fire. So if you're interested in contributing to that, you can do so by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash unspoiled. Also, if you become a patron, you will get access to me and Miles covering Mistborn, which will be starting next week by the time this comes out. Um, we just wrapped up on Breaking Dawn and that was fine (laughs) it's really fun actually um and 
I'm trying to think what else. I feel like there was another announcement, but I don't remember. Oh, um, to patrons, I there was a, a, a sort of tactic that I had been going to use to move everybody into the Mighty Network, and I was going to shut down the Discord. Um, but due to everything going on with the virus and people being stuck at home... Um, Alex <coughs> Irwin, who is a friend of the show. <coughs> Excuse me. Ooh, you all right? Yep. Sorry. Um, he got in touch and asked if he could manage the discord and add some voice channels and some stuff for people to hang out and play games and talk with one another. And, uh, so I have decided not to shut down the discord and I used one of the channels the other day because I've been playing animal crossing to just hang out and have a voice chat with like five or six people who also were playing at the moment. And it was really fun. And I had oh, never nice. done that before. It was one of those things that like I hear about and I'm always like, yeah, I guess. But um, Animal Crossing is the kind of game that it helps to like to coordinate sometimes. So it was really fun. And if you are a patron and you are not in the Discord yet, but that sounds interesting to you, go ahead and join it. And you can go into the voice rooms any time and just see if there's anybody else in there you can post on the mighty network or in the facebook group that you're going in there and let people know they can join you you know i let people know about an hour ahead that i was thinking i was going to try it out for the first time um and i'm going to do it again i just you know it's not like i'll be doing it every day or anything but uh i just wanted to let people know that that is an option because i know there are a lot of folks who are just kind of missing having fucking human contact (laughs) right now um and that is a nice thing to be able to get to know other people. And, uh, you know, if you're playing the same games or somebody's introducing you to a new game sometimes, there's all kinds of stuff that it can be used for. And um, I just I'm happy that we're able to do something with that. And I don't have to just, like, close it down and, you know, Ooh, cool. have it have gone completely to waste. So, um, but, yeah, you can only join that Discord if you're a patron. It's, like, locked. So... Make sure to do that and you will get, I think you get added automatically when you become a patron. Yeah, that was the thing that you loved about it was that it was like all incorporated. Yeah. So it was like a really easy interface. So that's cool. Yeah. I had seen someone talking about Discord having different um, options for like uh, group uh, videos and Mm -hmm. and voice things that I just, um, I wasn't sure how that worked. So that's cool that you guys did that. Yeah, we used it to play amongst the co-host. We played Jackbox using Discord. And that is something that I would like to try doing again, having like a patron play of Jackbox. I would like to do that because I missed that last time. You so. miss them every time. I do. They've done it like three or four times. I, I made do. one. <laughs> but I talked to Chris Tex today and he's trying to set something up for a, a watch party for something else this weekend. So, I Oh, was like, yeah. Well, I was, I was like, like well, sorry, buddy. <laughs> I was like, you know, Saturday we're doing Unsober and Sunday is Mother's Day. But like, let me know if it's anything, you know. Yeah. I'll try to stop by if I can. I have two spoil me's before Unsober on Saturday and a date with Owen after Unsober. Uh, so yeah. that will not be working out. <laughs> um, But yeah, that's the, you know, it's just there's potential there. And I wouldn't have like thought of using it that way if Alex hadn't come to me because it's just another platform to manage and that's really mm-hmm. the main thing it's not like I don't think it's worth anything it's just I don't have the time to spare and Candace is now doing a lot of stuff with scheduling for spoil me and I don't want to ask her to manage that also mm. so Alex stepping up and being like I will do this if you're okay with it was really nice so thank you very much to Alex for that and uh, you know everybody and can- Alex is a good egg yeah, he is a good egg. So I made him an admin. So if you go in there and you don't know what's going on, you can uh, you can ask him. Um, all right. I think that's everything. Anything you want to add before we wrap? No, ma'am. All right, everybody. Well, thank you again so much for listening. I'm very excited to be starting on this book. And we will see you next week with a new episode. Toodaloo, motherfuckers. Bye, guys. <laughs>
That was an unspoiled network podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.